welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, ladies, this podcast and the information being provided to you is for educational and informational purposes only, and it should not be taken as medical advice. It is not intended to treat or cure any specific illness, and it is not to replace the guidance provided by your own medical practitioner. This information is to be used at your own risk based on your own judgment. And if you suspect you have a medical problem, we urge you to take appropriate action by seeking medical attention. Hey, everybody. Sophie Shepard here, founder of She Talks Health, back with another fire episode. This one is going to be a collab and an interview with my best friend, Sammy Hobbs, who also happens to be an incredible badass. She is the founder of Your Inner Wisdom. She's a holistic business mentor, empowerment photographer, and self-development retreat host located in Sarasota, Florida. And for most of her life, she disassociated from her body, turning to numbing behaviors to control her emotions and racing thoughts. She was deeply ashamed of what her body looked like and how it operated and struggled with chronic pain from endometriosis and vaginismus, which I always find very difficult to say. Underneath it all, there was a tingling, an electrical current of knowledge and body wisdom, a calling to explore in ways no woman in her family had before. Over the course of seven years, she educated herself on how to listen to her body and intuition. Her inner wisdom led her back to her body, gave her the reins after years of struggling with numbing behaviors, binging, OCD, and pelvic floor pain. She turned her pain into her superpower. You guys know how much we love that here. (laughs) And she brings that epic bravery and compassion into her relationships with self, her loving partner, her family, her friends. She really does. She's such a good friend. And her clients. Ultimately, she believes that the things that we feel make us the most different and unlovable are often the experiences and qualities that make us the most exceptional. It is my honest to God, truest pleasure to have her on this podcast to talk about pelvic floor support and all the things that she went through so that it can hopefully inspire some of you. So welcome to the podcast, Naomi. Thank you so much, Soph. I'm so excited to be here. I almost started crying <laughs> during that <laughs> intro. <laughs> You're always almost oh. crying. 
<laughs> oh, that's very true. That's just me being tuned into my emotions. <laughs> just letting it flow. Let it flow. I mean, so that was a very professional intro, of course, because we are both professional businesswomen, but also I feel like we have to tell the audience like how we how we met because it's like <laughs> such a good story and like how much you mean to me. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. I know go back to the summer of 2019. I had just moved to New York City and I think just a few weeks in to being fresh in Brooklyn, fresh in the city, I went to a women's networking event for kind of people involved in wellness and the founder of that club. Her name is Natalie Levi. She or Levy. She um, introduced you and I. She was like, "You guys have to meet." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she put us and together. I, and I was hangry, you guys. I had been at this event and I like hadn't properly fueled beforehand, so I was like really hungry. And all I wanted was a sweet green salad. Which, if like you're from New York or anywhere that has sweet green, like you know, you know oh. about it, right? Natalie in- introduces us. It's like towards the end of the event. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to talk to anybody else. And I just like <laughs> turned to Sammy. She's like so bubbly. She's like the kindest person ever. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a sweet green salad. Do you want to come with me? I'm really hungry. Like I, I just like, I can't focus. Right. Cause I need to eat. And she was like, I love sweet green. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then we were like instant friends (laughs) yes and over the course of many hours we connected really deeply and at that point you were truly a baby FDNP you were a baby functional practitioner and um, you were just starting your business and starting to get the ball rolling and I had just moved to New York City with the intention of being a photographer and our worlds just collided at the right time so that I was able to help you with your business and you helped me. Okay. God, don't don't start crying now, but you really, (laughs) you really changed my life in so many ways and your guidance. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. It's really changed my life. You (laughs) put me back on, I don't know, just the right path moving forward and helped me with my hormones and helped me with my pelvic floor journey. And we'll dive into that during the course of this podcast, but you just, you're incredible. (laughs) I really received that. Thank you. Yeah. We're probably going to cry a lot on this call. Sammy was stood next to me at my wedding. Like that's how So, (laughs) um, yeah, we are, we're best friends, but also like, I've just been in awe watching her go through all this pelvic floor journey. And like, Mm. I think a lot of people get stuck in believing or experiencing that they cannot get better with this stuff, especially with such chronic disease states as like endometriosis, which we know, of course, does not have a cure, but there are certainly things Mm -hmm. we can do to support. And so I am just, I am excited for you to inspire the masses (laughs) Um, (laughs) today. I'm glad I could help you in some small ways or large ways, it sounds like. Large ways. (laughs) (laughs) Large ways. (laughs) And let's maybe dive in before we go into kind of like jumping into tools and like all of that, I'd love Mm -hmm. to kind of just back up to like what your experience was before you were enlightened and Mm. before like you kind of stepped through this seven-year journey. What were you experiencing pain-wise? What was your life like back then? And then Mm. I would love to kind of go into one of the main things I really want to talk about is like what it's like as a patient in the healthcare system we have here in the U.S. dealing with something Mm. that is quote-unquote incurable and that is so personal with pelvic floor um, and like where, where we're missing support. Mm. 
But I would love, but I'd love to start with like what it was that you were experiencing because I'm sure your words will relate to somebody. Yeah, so happy to dive into my story. And it's it's been a journey of getting to the point where I can openly talk about this and feel really safe sharing these intimate details of my life. Because obviously in our culture, um, in our society, there is still so much shame and stigma around you know, sexual health, sex, intimacy, sensuality, like all of these pieces, there's so much shame around them. And so that further complicates access to care and how safe you feel during during your appointments and even expressing these concerns to a doctor. For so many women, they walk into an appointment with shame already, and they're supposed to be able to feel safe with a doctor, but you know, for the listeners out there who have been dealing with some level of pelvic floor pain, if you have come across a doctor who said to you, oh, just drink more wine, or you just need to loosen up, or you need to, you know, they give you kind of bullshit advice. advice. (laughs) It's not even, it's like beyond to me, that's like beyond even bullshit. It's actually like completely sexist, right? It's like Mm. saying, you know, you're just an uptight woman. And this is Mm. all just about your, how, how emotional, and hormonal you are, right? So why don't you just take a chill pill, right? It's like mm-hmm. 1950s attitude towards women. And it's unacceptable. Yeah, I'm getting chills with you saying that. That's so incredibly accurate. I, I'm lucky that I did have a f- string of doctors who were able to pinpoint some of my issues fairly quickly, quickly, but I will go back in time to when I was even just 13 mm-hmm. in terms of my endometriosis. I was researching in the library because I knew that something was so wrong. I was like beginning of high school, 13, 14, had just gotten my first periods. And just, I knew from a young age that something wasn't right. And then fast forward and I'm 18, 19, my periods are so bad. And then I'm, you know, just starting to explore my sexuality with my first boyfriend. And I'm, I'm really struggling with this journey. And I bring this whole heap of different issues to my doctor's. And I was like, hey, I think I have endometriosis and I think I have vaginismus. I was very lucky that they, you know, validated me. Um, very lu- you're very lucky. I was very takes, lucky. Usually, I th- what is a statistic? Terrible. It's like 10 years for women to get properly diagnosed with endometriosis. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, like you said, a lot, there's a lot of room to, to grow. I mean, you're, you're incredibly lucky in that sense, not in the mm-hmm. sense that you had to deal with it. But sure, that that's incredible that especially so young to be dealing with that. And like, that's amazing that you were, that you were 13, like in the library. I could just see you like searching, like <laughs> little blondie just sitting in the library. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew that something wasn't right. And, you know, I think I, I am very lucky going back to that point. I think there's a huge amount of location privilege with this because mm-hmm. there are some parts of the country that have, you know, we, I think we both went to TIA at least for, you know, workshops or like you knew of it. I went to TIA for my women's care when I lived in New York City. And they're a very progressive, very forward thinking type of, um, you know, women's care clinic. And they have acupuncture and they have all these different holistic methods, but not every place in the country or in the world has those types of things. And so a lot of women get, you know, left behind. So all of that's to say that at 18 and 19, I had, I had a lot of medical diagnoses foisted upon me all at once. So within one year, I had three grand mal seizures. I was diagnosed with endometriosis and I was diagnosed with vaginismus. And um, 
you know, I, I had multiple surgeries. I had ablation for my endo. They found stage one endometriosis. I have photos, you know, in a file somewhere of all of my insides. It's actually, you know, pretty cool to look at and you can see where things had gone wrong inside of my body. And then I also had, you know, tons of different therapies for my vaginismus and, what was can you, so, can yeah, you go ahead. actually also just explain for anyone who might be, maybe they don't have a diagnosis of this yet, but mm. they are like, I'm curious what that means. How, how does that feel yeah. in the body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So with my experience with vaginismus and vulvodynia, I, from the first time that I attempted to have penetrative sex, it was not possible. It essentially felt like my yoni, my pussy, my vaginal opening sort of, you know, clamped shut, essentially. It was like there was a wall and there was nothing that you could do (laughs) to get anything inside. Um, No amount of lube, no amount of anything, because it is all of my muscles um, just completely tensing. And to my understanding, actually, with many pelvic floor dysfunction or disorders, there's actually a core issue of having muscle weakness. When you really think that the muscles are so tight and so full of, like, you think that they're actually over strong and they're actually too loose. Mm. And that's where pelvic floor PT is so important to help you really get to, you know, the the core of what your issue is and to start to treat your muscles to relax and strengthen at the right intervals. Cause we all, you know, naturally tense and, you know, loosen when we need to have sex, when we need to pass bowel movements, when we need to pee, those are your muscles tightening and releasing. And when something gets kind of thrown off because of trauma, um, sexual trauma, for me, it was very much like generational trauma passed through my womb and my own beliefs around sex, my own shame around sex just settled there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important to be able to learn how to control those muscles because things were not talking to each other properly in my mm-hmm. body. Thank it you for so painful. I'm <laughs> sure that sounds absolutely terrible. I mean, we've talked about this a lot and we've cried about this a lot. Um, <laughs> I thank you for, thank you for rehashing it for somebody who might not know the clinical name and diagnosis, mm-hmm. but is maybe looking for a diagnosis as well. We we actually did have a client of mine on to talk about this recently, but not like it wasn't the main topic. So I'm really glad that we're mm-hmm. kind of going into it a little bit deeper. And also, I think it's really important to take a pause and just acknowledge that many, maybe most, if you did a proper study, women who deal with endometriosis, vaginismus, vulvodynia, many of those women a lot of that pain is believed to have come from trauma um, mm-hmm. and the body keeps the score, so they say. And so the book is written. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of you being honest and open about that because I think there is a tendency, at least in my world, to like focus only on the physical body as there's something mechanical that's mm-hmm. wrong. And there, that is a part of the journey and you did the PT, but also mm-hmm. you had to deal with the emotional side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that someone who's listening, who's dealing with, you know, these different struggles or they're on their this journey, they're probably wondering, so what did you do? You know, how did you and how did you fix it? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's to your point, it's such a combination of different things. It was not just the physical piece. And the reason for me that my journey was seven years long, and it's it's continuing on from here, um, for sure. But the bulk of it took seven years for me specifically because I was not ready 
to go into pelvic floor PT. I was not ready to actually work on this kind of work with my yoni, work with my womb, work with any of those things. I wasn't ready for many years. I was also so young when I was diagnosed, right? Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. coming out of co- you're coming out of high school, you know, into college, and it's a really you know hookup culture and this and this. And I remember just feeling so ashamed and feeling so guilty. I'm I'm a I'm a heterosexual woman, so I have you know relations obviously with men and. I remember feeling so guilty because I was like, wow, I quote unquote, can't give them what they want. Like I was Mm. putting so much on myself because of this and not stopping to ask someone who really wants to get to know me, they will work on this together and they shouldn't just want to leave because I can't have penetrative sex with them. Because Mm. there's also so many other things that you can do. That's not just penetration. (laughs) There's so many other ways to be sensual and to be intimate with your partner and it doesn't just come down to penetrative sex, but that's how I looked at it for a long time. And I have many best friends who, you know, were there with me during all of my crying nights, feeling so frustrated with myself and feeling so guilty. Yeah. And that's again, like a societal cultural thing. Oh, absolutely. I, it's, it's a huge, yeah. yeah, it's a huge amount of pressure and yeah. natural pressure that you would put on yourself. But we had a lot of late night talks about how <laughs> we are not going to feel guilty about this because this is just your beautiful body. Maybe let's go back to some of the, you, you had a real combination of tools that supported yes. you. I know you did. I, I want to hear about all of them. I know you did. I know pelvic floor PT. Mm-hmm. I know you worked with one of my friends and, and practitioners on like breath work and release work, Miriam Bove. Yes. We had her on the podcast. There were other things. Tell us, tell us all the tools if you can remember yes. <laughs> what you did. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, I want to highlight you and also Kyleen Terhune as well, actually. Both of you. I was on both of your teams for several years as I was navigating my own health journeys. And it was honestly being in your spaces, being in your energy and learning from both of you about my nervous system. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest things. And I remember specifically the moment in August of 2021, where I realized I was doing yoga and I was at Moto Yoga in New York City. And I remember I had been going there for a few months and I just felt this crazy shift. And I was like, holy shit, I have not been... I've been in my fight or flight my whole life. I have never been able to relax. I have never been, I've had my anxiety leading me my whole life, um, my OCD leading me my whole life. And no wonder my Yoni has never been able to relax because that's for a lot of women. That's where all the stress goes is our hips and our, our Yonis, our vaginal muscles, like everything just kind of drops there. So I remember that shift. It was because I had been going to hot yoga and I'd been using these different tools. I had had enough education from you and my, you know, other practitioner clients. And I remember like, oh, wow, (laughs) I think I'm actually shifting a little bit in some ways into parasympathetics. That was one of the biggest things was recognizing how much my nervous system state was attached to the tension in my hips and in my, my yoni. Okay. <laughs> I just need to like bow down. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. I wasn't even thinking about that when I was thinking of the tools, like in my memory of what you used. And we haven't done a ton. I don't think we've done a few episodes about that, but not like really. And 
let me put it this way. This is so important that I teach tools about parasympathetic. It's the very first video in my educational series in my new program mm. that's coming out. It's the very wow. first thing before anything about sleep, anything about food, anything about supplements, anything about labs, because it is the single biggest needle that needs to move for us to feel safe in our body. If we don't feel safe, we release cortisol and adrenaline. And when we do that, we tank our minerals. So we have not enough mag magnesium, sodium, potassium. If you know anything about magnesium, what does it do? It relaxes our muscles, right? <laughs> exactly. So oh my on gosh. A, there is a true mind-body connection here and, and the ability to feel safe. And when we have traumas that we're trying to overcome, oftentimes they put us into either fight, flight, or freeze. And that place is like not only just not helpful, but it's damaging, very inflammatory for the body and, and using a lot of the body's resources. And so if you uh, admittedly, like many of the listeners, like many of us today are like Sammy, who just is living in fight or flight all the time, mm -hmm. it is no wonder that something starts to break down. Mm -hmm. And in your case, it was in the vaginal muscle area. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's so interesting is thinking about how for many of us, we have that quote unquote, the one big thing. Like for me, the one big thing where all of my stuff goes, all of my stress, everything goes to my pelvic floor. That's mm -hmm. how biologically and just, you know, whatever, all the different things that make me up as a human and as a person, like that's where my stress goes. And I think for other people, you know, a lot of things sit in the thyroid or when they don't speak and don't use their voice and things get settled here. And then they develop hash, you know, Hashis and like, it's just so interesting to to really explore that. Like, mm -hmm. that's what's... a huge part for me, and I yeah. think everyone who's an avid podcast listener of this knows that. Yeah, you know, my absolutely. voice was depressed, and then I got a thyroid disease right after that. Like, come on, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. yes, were there other things going on? Absolutely, but like, we have to look at that mental, emotional, and nervous system component. So, yeah, I love exactly. that. That was a huge part. <laughs> okay, yeah. so yoga, doing things to calm down and relax, mm -hmm. um, but not drink a bottle of wine and just chill no. out. <laughs> Rough. No, <laughs> like, wine, <laughs> wine was never going to be the, the solution. <laughs> just get drunk. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll feel great. Yeah. Like, no, that's not advice. No. Okay. And that's, that's not, here's the thing is that's not sustainable advice that doesn't invite a long-term deeper safer connection with your body it doesn't invite that long-term connection with your partner like if you have one mm. long-term partner you may have many it doesn't invite you to as a lot of your work touches on like getting to the root cause it's just a band-aid in the same way that so many other things are a band-aid in the, like just the general holistic health world. I believe that that statement like, oh, just drink more wine is the band-aid solution that's given mm. to women that are really struggling in the quote unquote bedroom. So going back to the nervous system thing, that was really huge in, like you said, allowing my body to feel safe because a lot of, a lot of one's work when you're navigating this you're kind of having to sit with yourself and sit with a lot of discomfort and kind of explore your own body and do mirror work. Like 
there's the funniest story about me doing mirror work in Sedona at one of my retreats and my co-host walked in on me doing yoni gazing (laughs) straight up in the mirror legs open I had like a sex toy out like it was all out and then she she collapses to the ground laughing she thought it was the funniest thing but all of that's to say you know mirror work and you know even the, the exercises that you're given in PT you have to feel safe enough to be able to do that work and to put even the tip of your finger in yourself or to get, you know, deeper in there, do any of the the stretching and the mapping that you're given, you have to feel safe. So that was why for me specifically, and I've seen people, um, kind of women that I've talked to, they'll, they'll kind of freak out. They'll be like, Oh my God, seven years. Like, am I going to have to do this for seven years? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like your journey is your own. Mine took that long because it, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I was not ready to ask of a a a teenager. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I needed to start to feel safe within my body. I needed to start working on my stress levels. I needed to employ lifestyle tools. Like we said, with yoga and breath work, I worked with Miriam Bouvet, who's amazing. I educated myself on kind of all of the, um, it's that mind body connection. So I needed years Mm. to do that, to be able to get to that point where I could go to my physical therapist in April of this year and be able to proceed through my journey so quickly in like three or four months and have penetrative sex by the end of the summer. Like it, it was, (laughs) I know. And that's just another thing I really want to talk about for one moment, actually so many things connected to this is that when I first was doing research, and I'm sure that you'll resonate with this because it's so common with endo and Hashis and like all the different chronic diagnoses that again are foisted upon us. And then you're looking for community. You're going online. You're like, okay, I have this diagnosis. I want to see how are people getting better from this? Like, I want to see success stories. And when I went online, all I saw was complete sadness and complete women just feeling so like they were giving up. They were so frustrated. They had, you know, I was seeing stories of people married for years and they'd never been able to quote unquote consummate. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, consummate their marriage had never been able to have penetrative sex, you know, and everyone was just so sad. And it left me feeling like, Oh my God, I'm never going to get through this. So that was another huge thing was honestly, for many years, I didn't believe that I would actually be able to do this. And it was not until this year that that changed. And that is why we are recording this podcast. So that there is a (laughs) glimmer of hope for not even a glimmer, like a bright shining shining ray. Yeah. Like, well, first of all, (laughs) Sammy is basically the sun. So that's good to know. But also, (laughs) um, no, I think I think that that's really important. Like I, I, I talk to a lot of women, you know, on discovery calls, people book consultations with me and whether it is endo or PCOS or Hashimoto's or whatever the diagnosis is, you know, most of them that are getting on a call feel like, okay, this is your, you are my hope. You are, you've walked yourself through this. I can get to the other Mm -hmm. side and they sign up. But every once in a while I get, I get women who are just so, so depressed about it. And this don't, Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't know that there's hope for me. And that is just such a hard place to be in. And it's so easy to do because you feel terrible physically. Mm -hmm. You have these emotional components like shame and guilt and fear and sadness uh, mm-hmm. anger at your body. Why is it falling apart on me? So and... much anger. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with all that. And then there's, there's really seemingly no streamlined support. I mean, even what you've just said 
is you had pelvic floor PT, you had yoga, you had breath work, you had, and I know there were some like uh, food changes that you made that you found mm-hmm. found were really helpful. Um, like these are five different areas <laughs> that mm-hmm. you had to go and find and seek and try on and see if they would work for you. There's not like a women's health care for, for this, for, for these things. That's like, you go to the center and then like they do all the things mm-hmm. for you or like you you participate with these different practitioners like that doesn't exist like you created that and that and that's probably part of why so many of those stories are not successful because again it's access it's mm-hmm. like you met a bunch of wellness people and then it opened up you know another door and then you met this person and then you met that person all because you were in the right place at the right time so so true. It is so accurate. There's so much. I'm I'm just realizing it now hearing you really talk through it and summarize it in that way that there is kind of like I mentioned at the beginning with the location privilege. It's so true. The time and place was so perfect for me to be able to get in touch with the right people and access the right resources mm-hmm. and, and start to really pull together what I needed in my toolbox to be able to move through this. But it's yeah. an it's a great point that not every woman has that. And my hope is that somehow, some way that we're able to start to help more women see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel with something like this, that you, you know, if you've had sex before and you had a baby and now you're having painful intercourse, like you're going to get through it. If you never had sex and you tried to and didn't work, you will be able to have sex. Like, I really want women to be able to hear more of these stories and to hear that there truly is not even just a glimmer. It really is like a ray of, of hope and like full sunshine with this that yes. you'll be able to do it. Um, yeah. Were there any other tools that we didn't mention? Um, yes. I know hormone health, health and like food. I remember some stuff there. Yes. Is there any other things yeah. There's, there's so much, there's so many things. Something I really wanted to talk about, really wanted to touch upon was celebration. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most powerful forces of transformation that we have access to internally. And mm-hmm. it's something that most people find really hard to access. They find it really hard to tap into celebration. And that means <laughs> Sophie's like, I'm yeah. laughing because I'm like, <laughs> you, you guys know, I've been doing this a long time. And I, I always push my clients to celebrate wins on our group calls, but also about once a week, I send a message into the group saying, Hey guys, who has a win? Who has something to share? Like, gratitude for life like just share something Mm -hmm. positive you know and um and it's funny to see how little participation those posts get often I mean interesting they they get they they get used to me like it takes them a couple months like right and then I'm like I'm gonna keep asking you so I know you have something positive to say that's so funny people are like what is this I'm like, come on, like, you know, how often do we get to celebrate ourselves? Like, it doesn't really happen Mm. after a certain age or certain milestones. It's so, it's so true. And I think, um, you know, women don't want to come across like they're bragging and they don't want to, I think for me, at least with my journey more specifically, it was less so about bragging and it was more so, I'm really not sure that this is going to work. So I don't know if I want to verbally like acknowledge every little movement forward because I'm afraid that it's going to be yeah. taken away from me or that it'll never like end up in something right which is feeding into this identity that I'm still broken and sick right like it's really yes. hard because your evidence is I'm 
whatever the words are. I don't even want to put those out there because people will mm-hmm. like, catch on to them, but there are like beliefs that we create based off our experience. So then mm-hmm. to ask the body to have a different experience or to believe for a second that like mm-hmm. things can change is it's like going against yourself but at the same time it's actually the pathway forward because what you're saying in that moment is that I am choosing to celebrate that I am say for example working towards getting better I am every day getting healthier Mm -hmm. I am every day getting stronger versus like I am strong and healthy like maybe that doesn't fit maybe that affirmation or belief system isn't quite there yet but Mm -hmm. if you can celebrate those wins you could Mm -hmm. like start to make a pathway I would think. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and to your point around the evidence, that's a really important uh, important thing here for women that struggle with pelvic floor pain because your body very quickly builds up the evidence that sex is painful. Once you once you have that experience once, once or twice, I mean it's enough to put people into a cycle or into a pattern that's really difficult or can feel really challenging to break, I should say. Um, and so part of my journey going back to the celebration piece was truly, <laughs> and my partner was such a huge piece of this. We, we love him. I know that you we know love him. Daniel. <laughs> we, we love Daniel. <laughs> he's, he's talked about in every podcast episode I ever record and it's <laughs> the guest and I'm like chanting his name around. I just, I adore, I adore my partner and he, um, he was a huge part of my journey and he really, even in my quote unquote, dark nights of the soul and, you know, the different downs that I had during the summer with PT and using dilators and, you know, still feeling frustrated and still feeling discomfort. He would invite me to celebrate myself. And he would say, I'm really, I'm so proud of you and look at how far you've come. And like, I'm really honored to be here with you. And like, he would just really support me with this, which is not to say that you need to have a partner when you go through this mm. journey um, by any means, but I think having a supportive community and being able to celebrate and then also celebrating yourself is really big. So even when I got to like a new dilator size or I got like a different, you know, I got a little bit further or I I um employed my breathing techniques, you know, during PT with my practitioner, like every moment, just celebrate it. It's so big. Well, and what you're really saying on the nervous system level is I'm safe and I'm loved and I'm happy, mm-hmm. right? Which is mm-hmm. going to ultimately relax anybody, right? We can't really be tense and be smiling at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. That's a good point. You know? Exactly. So it all, exactly. I feel like it all feeds in. And, and, and I think to miss the emotional part of this, including the celebration is a total miss of the opportunity to, to fully heal. But I also would like to say that you are on this journey. Daniel's been a huge part of it, but you were on this journey well before that too, you know, yes. I think it's like really about timing too. Okay. So celebration, is there anything else? <laughs> there oh, any Laura, there was a whole list. I mean, I, I can definitely, if you want to send out to people or want to put in the show notes, I'll, I'll try to compile a full list, Ooh. but it was okay. So starting with the physical, obviously getting the nervous system to be a little bit more calm doing the, Oh, Okay. Huge thing with the physical side. So I didn't learn this until many years in, but it turns out that if you are prone to sucking in your stomach because you think that Mm. you need to look tinier and, you know, again, societal and cultural expectations, but a lot of women, you know, especially us, you know, millennials and eighties and nineties kids who grew up with America's next top model, 
right? Mm-hmm. We grew up with all these terrible shows. It actually turns out there's a huge link between sucking in and tensing your core and tensing your stomach all the time, translating directly to pelvic floor dysfunction. Again, not for every person. Wow. There is actually a link. And I, I can try to find the the doctor who shared this. It was a pelvic floor PT doctor. Okay. As I let this, out but... my belly right now. Ooh, yeah. Exactly. It's like everyone listening, like if you're <laughs> if you're tensing up, like take a deep breath and let it all out, right? Like, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> let it out because all of that tension, if you happen to be physiologically prone to this type of thing, that tension is going to settle into your pelvic floor. Potentially there's a higher rate or higher risk or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever I should say. So, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to relax <laughs> and it's, it's interesting. It's like learning how to learning when to relax and when to tighten with your muscles. Like that's mm. the biggest thing is like that control. Right. And the and PT then also, taught you that. And the, yes, the PT taught me that, you know, not only pelvic floor PT, but if you're someone who bikes or you move a lot, you're very physical. Like there are things that actually can be translating to tension in your pelvic mm. floor. So you actually have to take a really holistic look at your life, which is why it can it does take resources and time to figure out because it's so many different pieces. It's mm-hmm. also, I will say for anyone who's like, <gasps> that sounds so scary. And oh my God, ah, it's the most beautiful journey of my life. I would not <laughs> change a, can I swear? I've already sworn multiple times. We've talked but... about a lot of things on here that is definitely <laughs> going to be an explicit episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be an explicit episode. What was I even saying? I don't remember. You said it's the best journey of your life going through oh, all this yeah, and you wouldn't change it's... a thing. I would not change a fucking thing about this journey because it led me to understanding myself on a deeper level. I did so much work with Miriam and another um, practitioner out there. Her name is Erica Rodas. She also does holistic um, pelvic care work, just like Miriam does. And, you know, through all the different people that I met, the retreats that I've been to, the community that I've built, like having the honest conversations about this, like I... I've been able to touch other people's lives and I've been able to make more meaning out of my own. So I, you know, I have no, at this point in the journey, like I would not change anything. Um, and it's very worth it. This is a conduit for development and growth and expansion and pleasure in all parts of your life. It just yeah. happens to stem from something that can be really uncomfortable. Yeah. I think anyone who's come on the other side of a journey like this probably has the same thing to say. You know, yeah. I certainly feel the same way. I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anyone at the same time, though. It's like going through everything is part, who I am as part of who I am. It's part of like my journey and how I make decisions and like mm-hmm. how I ask for what I need and what I want and how I claim my self-worth. And there's so many parts of it that unless you're almost like forced to deal with something like that, I think as women, we mm-hmm. don't. That is so true. It's honestly, it was probably like a it was like a cry for help essentially from my body to say, Hey, like something really, (laughs) something's really not working here and we're going to alert you and you're just not going to be able to have sex for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like that's a pretty major thing. Like, right. It's a pretty pretty major thing. And to even be able to like do that, you know, to, to have self-pleasure practices or masturbate comfortably or do anything like that. Like it takes some, Take some work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take some work. 
this has been the most honest conversation I think we've had on the podcast. (laughs) We really? No way. (laughs) I think so. I mean, I do. I do. I think so. I mean, we've talked about some pretty deep stuff, but uh, maybe some of the first episodes too, where I talked about my journey, but like, this is, this is like another level because people just don't talk about this. It's like, Oh yeah. Like we're not going to say that word. Right. It's like, there's already so much, but like you said, when you started, like there's so much built in shame. Mm -hmm. So I I appreciate you just being honest. Like (laughs) we half the population has these parts in our body. Mm -hmm. Like, can we just talk about them? Um, I feel like we've, we've talked about, so we talked about a lot of tools. We talked about Mm -hmm. kind of the, the pieces missing in um, women's healthcare in this area. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about your experience with pelvic floor PT um, Mm -hmm. and understanding what the sensations are so you can get like hopefully a proper diagnosis Mm -hmm. and all these mental shifts. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? Mm, that is such a good question. Um, I think, and actually someone asked me this, this weekend at the retreat that I hosted, because I had last seen this person at the retreat that I hosted in December of 2021. So I hadn't seen her for a full year, which was nearly the, the oh, wow. whole a lot time. Of- a lot of change happened. A lot this of year. change, and I'm like, yeah, like I did this and this. Like I cut, you know, it was it was a great moment. She was so excited for me, but you know, she was asking like, what are what were the biggest things that translated to movement forward? And we, we've touched on a lot of them, but I think the one final thing that I'll say is nothing shifted until I believed that it was really, truly possible. And it was inevitable that it was going to happen. And it took a long time for me to get there. And if you're in that same place, I very much understand. Like I said, I was there for a long time, but the the thing that pushed the needle the most, I could say is starting to change on a cellular level with my beliefs and be like, oh, I think this could actually happen. And like, I think I could actually have intercourse one day with my partner it's the belief system because my the the thing that I said for so long was like I never think I'm going to I said and then how is your body if you're saying that as the loop back and forth how is your body supposed to make any tremendous movement forward if all you're doing day in and day out is like I'm just never going to get better I'm stuck yeah well it just won't it won't just I mean I and I've done this a lot like I've, I, the people who do well in my programs fundamentally mm-hmm. believe, or we can do the belief work through all the stuff that, you know, Kylene and I just got trained in, in April mm-hmm. around subconscious beliefs. We can do that work together to mm-hmm. actually help them to believe that. Yeah. And also like to relax, right. And to like yeah. trust the process and all these things. I mean, I, I think that's so profound. I remember Kylene and I were at the training in April yeah. or early May. It was like right after Sammy and I had gone to Columbia together and um, I met um, Dr. Alex and Dr. Alex had dealt with horrendous endometriosis secondary to mm. massive emotional trauma that she's spoken about. And she was able to stop her pain. She had such bad pain that she had gone to medical school to become a anesthesiologist, but then a pain specialist. Um, because she wanted to understand how pain worked in the body. I mean, that is so years of her life, thousands Mm. of dollars to go down the physical route of managing pain. But it wasn't Mm. until she shifted some of her beliefs that she had that she was able to be pain free. Like 
not have medication for pain mm-hmm. for endo. And I remember I was talking to her. I was like, do you take one-to-one clients? I have a girl. <laughs> I was like, Maybe I think you need to. Oh my God. I remember that. <laughs> and, and she didn't end up going that way, but she still found that to be the main like driver at the mm-hmm. end. Right. So I think that's incredible that you bring that up, that mindset stuff. Yeah. And what we believe to be true is what will transpire. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember so many moments where I had to hold on with all of my might to the idea that I deserve pleasure. And actually, this is the, I should say the last thing, I shouldn't say the last thing, but there was a huge, and again, Daniel's helped me so much with this. He's such a patient man. I, I adore him. And I had such a tremendous mental connection because of my parents' beliefs growing up and how they reared me through childhood that my financial situation and therefore as a business owner, my business situation translated to how much pleasure I deserved, like Mm -hmm. just on a foundational level, like across the board, not just sexual pleasure, but like anything. So I remember over the past year, I've had so many moments where like I'm, you know, in the midst of kind of trying to connect with my body and like I'm feeling, I'm feeling pleasure and I'm having to actually anchor into like, oh, I really deserve this. I really deserve this pleasure because I think that's another thing is with having a pain disorder, you have to believe that you're truly worthy of the pleasure on the other side of Mm -hmm. that. And the pleasure that shows up throughout the whole journey. I have learned so much about myself and this Mm -hmm. shit is so fun. Like, (laughs) please keep (laughs) on going. If you're on this journey, please keep on going because you really, you deserve to feel so much pleasure in all of these different and new ways, whatever that's going to look like for you, you deserve to mm. feel that pleasure. So you really have to believe that at some point you have to practice that. It's tough, right? Especially as women, we're like in this world of being like the superwoman, right? Like we're mm-hmm. supposed to be like perfect parents and have a business or be climbing the corporate ladder and all of this mm-hmm. hustle is not really, there's no, um, in our society, there's no accolades, right. Um, mm. given towards pleasure and joy, mm. but in fact, that's actually the point of life. <laughs> it's true. Right? It's so interesting. So we stuck, get stuck in these like loops. Unless you're Marissa from Columbia, who's, do you know who I'm talking about? She's yes. like, I brag, I brag, I brag. And she, I can't remember her Instagram handle, but she, was so inspiring to me because she would just, and she does this in all of her Instagram posts. She allows herself to brag like nobody's business. And a lot of her brags have to do with delighting in the most simple of pleasures. Mm -hmm. And like for her, like she loves marijuana. She loves this and that. And like, she just is like, I brag that I, you know, sat in a pool naked today. (laughs) She's like, I'm living my best life. Like it's, it's so true that we don't, we don't see the value in pleasure, but that's what we're all living for. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, why aren't we assigning that much? Why aren't we assigning enough value to pleasure? Oh, that's the question of the millennium. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So important. So, so important. Find more pleasure. I might even change my words for 2023. joy and pleasure like how can I have more of that that. you know even like like you said like the little things like can I just enjoy sipping my cup of coffee in the morning or whatever it is Mm. you know just can you start to like love and appreciate and be grateful for the -hmm. life around you and it's amazing what happens when you can do that Mm. 
And if you are having dysfunction with your pelvic floor, like, can you still be grateful for your yoni? Like that was a huge part of my process too, was like, and Marissa actually did some work with me in Colombia on this. Your pussy is like, is God. Like your pussy is so beautiful. It's so worthy. Like, can you speak to yourself like that? It might Mm. be an action step for people listening, (laughs) like go and go and send some love towards your yoni, towards your womb. Yeah, definitely. Because we need to love ourselves first, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. before anyone else can love us, (laughs) we have to love ourselves and all parts of ourselves. Um, I think, you know, at least work towards it. Absolutely. And if you are, I mean, again, if you're partnered through this process, like, please gift yourself. (laughs) the opportunity to do this journey with someone who is really going to show up for you. Mm -hmm. That's another big thing. So if you're going to be partnered, man, woman, or otherwise, doesn't matter who you're with, but please just invite people into your bedroom who really are going to show up for you and are going to be able to hold space. Cause there's a lot of stuff that comes up with this. It's a complex thing. And it never in hookup culture or anything like that. It never worked. Like I made no movements forward when I was having casual encounters, they weren't ready to hold space for this. No, I remember all those moments. New York and Boston. Yeah, absolutely. Dating in the big city. Yeah, exactly. So find someone who can help you hold space for yourself. (laughs) Those are really good tips. I think uh, claim, even claiming that space for yourself and allowing to like, let yourself wait for somebody who's worth it. Who's worthwhile. going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an emotional thing to engage with okay i think we've covered everything (laughs) i can think of (laughs) (laughs) ditto this was such a beautiful conversation i am so excited i got to sit with you on the she talks health podcast and talk through these things it's a full circle freaking moment after being involved in your team (laughs) yeah so so other backstories sammy's the first photographer ever hired so all my first photos she designed my brand so like all the stuff you see on the podcast all the stuff you see on instagram if you're on my email list it's all sammy created the the visuals of that like (laughs) literally today we're making this new program that i'll be sure to uh to let you guys know when that's open but i think i mentioned it on the last podcast of 2022 actually like my whole rest of my day is just recording these videos but it was really funny because long story short my uh virtual assistant it was like, where do I find the logos? I was like, they're on Canva. Sammy created them. No. <laughs> it was just so funny. Oh. Like, I need to make a new one. And I was like, there's a template. <laughs> you know, Sammy I sure love that. that. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so, such yeah. a beautiful full circle moment to come to the point where you have this incredible, successful, your business is just it's so phenomenal. You have such a marvelous thing going. And I know I'm pulling all the words out because I love you and I love She Talks Health so freaking much. But to see you grow so much and then now to be on your podcast at this part, at this juncture in my journey is such a crazy full <laughs> circle moment. So wild. <laughs> Yay. I know. It's awesome. All right, guys. Well, <sighs> we will we'll end it there. Um, thanks for coming on. Loved having you. It's the best part Thank of my whole day. You. <laughs> I love you so much. And I'm sending so much love to everyone listening as well. Yes. May this find so many women that need to hear this today. Mm. Um, And yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back in two weeks with another podcast. 
Bye. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.